Yo, what's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. This is episode 191. It's time to pivot. I'm going to be joined by Justin Carter. Look, man, I told Justin, um, if you want to call it virtually backstage, that there are times that I look selfishly forward to these interviews. Um, he's a super impressive guy doing some amazing things. So, you know, let me give the proper, you know, I got some notes here. Let's give our proper introduction. Um, he's the owner and operator of Pivot Business Services. Uh, Justin coaches CEOs, executives, and solopreneurs uh, to grow and scale their six uh, their businesses to six figures. And he also helps high performers uh, develop incredible mindsets. So if you're a high performer, an executive, a CEO, or a solopreneur, then I'm telling you we're going to have some exciting um, information for you today. And exciting because you should be super passionate about receiving information from anyone who can add value um, to what you're doing. I know I am selfishly um, as we are continuing to build this platform of Inspire Guys People. Uh, one of the things, if I'm being real with y'all, I kind of feel like I'm cheating because I get all these amazing, successful people uh, to come on the show and I get to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. And today the goal is really for you out there uh, who are looking to grow your business or to grow in business. And that is a really key you know, thing to point out is that, yes, there. if you're an entrepreneur, there's something in here for you today. But also if you're a person that's trying to grow your career through corporate America, uh, we're going to be able to talk to talk about some things to help you as well. So if that's you, please sit back, relax, enjoy the inspiration, tell somebody about the show. As you know, we are fairly new to the YouTube, the video world. So I'm enjoying continuing to grow this platform and to get to know y'all in a new and different way where y'all can see my face and all that stuff. And uh, also appreciate still uh, the people who've been rocking with us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for the past four years. So check out Inspire Guys People in all those places, including YouTube. But today, it's time to pivot, baby. When I come back, we're going to have Justin Carter here to kick it with us. And we all going to learn something. I'm looking forward to learning something. And hopefully you do as well. Stop saying what you going to do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry. And the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb. Just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die. Is it fake or fear? And just like that, guys, people, we are back. Welcome to episode 191. It's time to pivot. I have my guest here, the owner and operator of Pivot Business Services, Justin Carter. What's up, bro? How you feeling today? Jermaine, man, good, good. Honor, truly, honor to be here. Uh, you just set them up for failure. You set me up for failure because <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can live up to those words, man, but but truly, truly, it is an honor to be here and be on, the, on your platform. No, man, I'm excited to have you. Um, appreciate you um, kicking it with us today. You know, you have... Hey, I just want to say to the people out there, um, you know, you have an amazing platform and the work that you do. Uh, what's super impressive to me is the presentation, of course, as we know, aesthetics, that's typically the thing, branding that gets people attention uh, on the front end. But there's a lot of times where the branding is a front, right? Where it's kind of like 
<laughs> people know how to edit. We all got access to these tools. But as I kick it to you, man, there's a lot of substance there. And, you know, my goal today is really to um, to learn and to dig as much as we possibly can to get some wisdom and some insight from you. And Justin, I like to start with who people were to find out who they are. Um, so I want to jump into this conversation um, and understanding, like, who were you as a child? And you can go wherever you want in your childhood, whatever age. Some people go to elementary, middle school, some go to high school, yeah. uh, talk about your family life, whatever it may be. But if you could just give us a little idea before we jump into the business aspect of who you are, like, what was your childhood like? Um, and who were you? What was your reputation as a kid growing up? Yeah. Yeah, man. So for me, I uh, kind of grew up uh, not necessarily in the best of neighborhood. Uh, my, my father wasn't necessarily present in my life. Uh, he, he went on to pass away when I was 12 years old. And, uh, man, I, for the most part, like, yeah, no, it was, <clears throat> it was actually one of the, um, like now in life, I could say it was, it was probably one of the best things that could happen to me. It sounds kind of weird, but, um, but yeah, man, grew up. And for me, like my mom, pretty much a single mom, uh, and just grew up in a house full of women for real, like grew up, uh, youngest of two sisters. And, uh, man, I was just like the football guy. Like I, for me, um, I started playing football at seven and literally played all my life. And so for me, uh, through just kind of the challenges of growing up, you know, seeing kind of some crazy stuff in inner city, uh, not necessarily coming from the best background or the best start, uh, for me, like football kept me out of the out of out of spaces um and it kept me out of the wrong wrong spaces at times so that was me man like i was just a kid always outside uh man like i remember you know drinking out of the out of the 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 uh water hose water hose you yeah, know yeah. Like, we used to get locked out in the summer you know you couldn't come in the house unless you was eating lunch and that oh, was yeah. it you had to go right back outside oh, yeah, you yeah. know playing flag football you know like just curve curve ball like all that stuff kickball man just like a normal 90s kid um and just outside having fun and uh yeah man just trying to figure out life uh, i really didn't know what i grew up in until i kind of aged and i'm like wow like we were my i realized here's the thing for me i realized that I, I didn't know i was struggling until like i got to college and i would tell people like what my favorite foods were and they were all struggle meals they're like wait you eat that's your favorite food and i'm like ah like oh wait i was struggling then so i was the yeah. one struggling so all right, so uh, try me though with one of those struggle meals. Like, uh, what's an example of, of man, one of your pork beans and hot dogs? That's my meal. Like, pork and beans, and hot dogs. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That went, Campbell's, that went Campbell's, crazy. Campbell's pork and beans with you know Sugardale. Not not no like not no name brand hot dog. It got to be like yeah, one of those grocery store brand hot dogs. But that's probably my favorite. Like that's my go to now. Like I still yeah. still one of my favorites. So, so I, you know, where I'm probably different and I've gotten a little bougie is I, I haven't had it in quite some time. And the crazy thing about, you know, hot dogs and pork and beans is like, I don't even like beans. Really? But yeah, hot dogs and pork and beans went crazy though. So it was kind of like, <laughs> I, I messed with that. But yeah, it's it's been a minute. I, I've gotten bougie um, and, and gone away from my roots as it relates to that. But um, yeah, I've had, had a little, Viana sausages used to go a little crazy as well for Man. us, but. Fried so, bologna um, sandwiches, you know. Oh, come okay. On. The fried bologna. <laughs> you got to pop like, in the middle. You know what I'm oh, saying? You got to, it ain't done until it got the little hump oh, in the middle. Goodness, dude. <laughs> throw some mustard. And you know what's Bro, crazy? A white bread. A white it's, bread, though. got to be we white bread. To the I, wheat. I, 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 bro, I'm talking about, I'll be real. Until I was about 
30. If you would have hit me with some wheat bread, we was gonna have a problem. So. Man, with it. So no, that's that's cool, man. Like you know, it, it's funny because I don't know if I ever really thought about it like that. From like, just from the like, you ain't even know you were struggling until yeah. you started describing what was on the menu for dinner. But mm -hmm. what I love about what you said is kind of like a gift and a curse in a sense to me is that you didn't know. And yeah. I'm pointing that out because I think in some regards it's good to not know because you're just kind of grateful for life itself. But then as we get older, Justin, I talk to people now where I'm trying yeah. to convince them that there's better. Wow. And so it's like, yeah, it's dope that we didn't know. And, and I feel like God's grace is in that where we could go through life and just be grateful. And then it's like, how do we like transition? I'm going super sidebar. So I don't want to throw the conversation. Oh, this is good. This is good. How do we how do we transition from not knowing to knowing? Yeah. Like, what do you think about that? Man, it's exposure. It's exposure. And I realize that you it's not really taught. It's got to be caught. Like it's. Unless somebody catches the difference, it's got like you saying it is not gonna like it doesn't really hit as as well as it does when you see like when when somebody that had grown up with with some level of um, security or stability or even wealth how they process through things and then how you do it. For example, I get a quick example. Um, I remember when I got to co like college for me was that was like my first time being in environments of people that didn't come from social economically, the places that I came from. And so I would talk to them and, you know, they're like, I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing for the holidays? Oh, like we're going to my grandfather's house. Like he owns 100 acres. And I'm like, 100 acres. I can't even calculate. What, what does that really even mean? Like my city is that like that's a right. that's a large. And I'm like, wait, so wow, that's like your family. Like, and you know, and I would find out like, oh, so like I was my, I was the first generation college. Your great grandfather was the first generation college. And, you know, like, and they, were, they would talk about something called an inheritance. I'm like, what the heck is an inheritance? Like, so that's, oh, so you're going to get money. So if your parents or your grandparents pass away, oh, so you didn't, you're not going into debt to be here. Oh, so you got your grandparents will pay for you to be here. Wow. Like, so you don't fill out the same applications to get all the debt to be here that I. Right. Oh, OK. So I realized I was like, well, we're not playing by the same game. Like we're playing a different game. And so for me, it wasn't until I began to have conversations and see that, yo, like we were we were in the same spaces, but we weren't in them the same. Like I was there going in debt and they were there with grandparents, you know, will or trust money. You know, like they they had they had a, a entry into corporate. They just needed a degree to get them to check the box. Like I didn't have I didn't have references and recommendations to get into a job right out of college. I just seen like, oh, it's different now. Like we're playing a different game. And, and I think that's for me what it started to show. Like, wow, like, OK, I didn't come from where I thought I did. Yeah, that that exposure piece is kind of crazy when you say it that way, because for me, I've, I've had like several of those moments. They almost happen in phases for me where I'll get exposure to something that like, you know how something make you do a double take and you have to mm. kind of stop like, wait a minute, did, did, did really they just say what I, what I said? I, I'm gonna give you actually, one of them happened 
when I was about 15, 16 years old. Okay. Right. So I'm 15, 16 years old and my stepmother was doing hair and somehow, some way she started doing um, the hair of one of the wives that pay, played for the Pistons. Mm. So we were, so my man played for the Pistons. I live in the hood, but because my stepmom does his wife's hair, we are now going with her, right? I'm sure the first time she showed up by herself, right? And yes. you know how it is. Once people start finding out, all of a sudden, it's kind of like me, my cousin over there. There's about five or six of us going. Whole crew pulled up. But what was crazy for me was, A, I'm at a player's house that plays for the Pistons, my hometown team, that I'm only used to seeing on TV. Wow. I'm chilling around. He had a son that was like maybe a year or two younger than me. So I'm chilling with his sons. But I'm getting exposure to all these minor things of like, it, this was not a star player, as an example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in his basement, there was a refrigerator full of Gatorade. And I was trying, that was the moment, Justin, that I realized, oh, <laughs> the stars aren't the only ones that get endorsement deals. Wow. You open a you open a door in the in the basement, like a storage room, it was filled with one shoe brand. I don't remember if it was Reebok, Adidas. I don't know what it was. It wasn't Nike. Yeah. But the neighbors outside would just walk in and out of their basement and just grab Gatorades. And it, and that was like a, a situation for me. When you think about we all want to be the star. We all think we all want to be Michael Jordan. But there's so much value in being Scottie Pippen. 100%. But Scottie don't have commercials. Yeah. So like the dude who house I was at, he don't have commercials. Yeah. So I would I thought only the stars. So like that's just one example of that. And and I do agree with you on this idea that like exposure is an important part um really of growth and success. But all right, a, a follow-up question to that. And again, like I'm going a little sidebar. Um, just because this is like such an intriguing topic to me. How do you get that exposure if you don't have it? Because I think what happens, Justin, is people from communities like us have legitimate reasons to complain. And you pointed yeah. out some of those legitimate disadvantages. Yep. And I know just from your story and your background, like, okay, you were able to flip that by the grace of God. I was. Yeah. How do you get that if you don't already have it? Man, I'm about to say something that's probably going to be really controversial. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. <laughs> Let's do it. So here's my answer. I'm going to just say, I'm going to preface that where here is my answer for what and how it happened for me. Uh, white people got me in rooms that I couldn't get in. Okay. I, I had, like, if I look at my story and I look at how I got in certain rooms and how I got put on, it was people that didn't look like me that got me in certain rooms. And love it. It, and, and here's the thing, like, <clears throat> it wasn't even like, it's because some people were like, oh, that's tokenism, right? And people were trying to get you in certain rooms. And from, from my point of view, it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like, oh, like I, I had something to contribute, I believe. Like there was something that I was really contributing to get in certain rooms. But when I say that is like, there was a, there was, there was, I think so many people, they grow up with such a disdain for things that are not like them that, it, that energy transfers and people that could be putting them on will not put them on because they know that you don't even like them for real. Like you, you, like you, you grew up in the hood or you grew up in an environment that didn't have 
it, you didn't see certain things and maybe you don't have experience with people that don't look like you or people don't come from where you come from. And so you don't know how to relate or you don't know how to feel comfortable in those spaces. And bro, like if I'm honest, man, like some of my biggest like levels up has come not by a black person. It hasn't come from somebody that came from where I came from that grew up in the same community that I did. But it came from no it, re realizing that, man, there are gatekeepers out there that unless you're OK with getting uncomfortable and getting beyond what's natural to you and where you come from, you will never experience it. And so yeah. for me, as long as we're trying to like and you could be like as long as you're, you're only trying to do it in the way that you think it should happen and you're only trying to like go and increase in a way where you're not you're not like OK to get uncomfortable like, yo. Do you know any country artist? Like, do you have yeah. you have you like there's 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 a whole world out there that you don't even know about. And so if you would just find yourself being curious in these spaces, at least for me, that's how I gained exposure. Um, I gained exposure from from people that didn't look like I did letting me in rooms and me having conversations with people that didn't look like I did. They were asking me questions. I was asking them questions. And. That's for me, those are like my biggest parts of exposure and levels up was people that didn't look like me. Well, I tell you, first off, um, the comment isn't that controversial for this show. So you kind of came to the right show for that comment. Um, that is uh, I'm trying to trade. I don't know. You know, I don't, no, no, I don't no. know how far I could go. So I'm trying uh, you, to still way. Nah, you can you can you can talk <laughs> like so. So I'm going to be all the way real. Like, number one, um, you know, I, we have quite a few white listeners on this show. And um, they kind of know, like what our what what I've tried, what I believe in, Justin is, especially as a believer. I don't believe in. I believe in reality. So, mm -hmm. as an example, reality to me, we just talked about the pork, pork and beans, and the hot dogs, and coming from this community. And I think what happens in the world today is that so many of these realities have been politicized. Yes. That when you say it, it turns people off. But if we all just sit back and accept reality. So for a, a person, whether white or even black people, whatever, if you, if you grew up and you do have the inheritance and all that. Yeah. We're not promoting a victim mentality, but there is a reality to the fact that reality. when you go into culture shop and if you black, there is reality in what you said, Justin, and the fact that like you got to stop thinking that every time you cross a bridge or extend a hand or an olive branch that you a sellout or you, you know, you being fake or something like that. So, yeah. And this is why your experience experience is so powerful. I was, I was kicking it with um, someone today um, about an hour ago and I don't think they'll mind me sharing this and I'm not sharing who it is anyway, but um, as a friend of mine, I always, you know, encourage him through growing his career. And he's a person that came from where we came from. And he's going through a lot of culture shock. Mm. And I told him that today at the entry level position, the problem is he's seeing the whole world through entry level. And it's not going to be you almost are not even going to understand what I'm saying until you take the next jump. And I say that to say, Justin, one of my biggest challenges in mentoring people as it relates to a business from where we're from yeah, is getting them to even want to go to the next level because the existing level is so comfortable yeah. because it's all they know. 
it's all and and um people people can find solace and comfort in like brokenness and so like i don't know if you ever known anybody that's been in prison for a while but yeah. like there is a culture where people rep their prison like they they will i'm from such and such yeah yeah you know the prison i grew up in and what they're really saying is i've got pride in my bondage what they're what they're really saying is man i became to connect my identity even though it was the bottom of the bottom i connected my identity to that and i made that my home and so people will see something and what they what they're saying is that's not actually for me that's for someone else and i agree i think one of the biggest challenges is for people to see like no you can win at this level and it doesn't and it doesn't make you a sellout it doesn't make you a coon it doesn't make you a lot of the things that culture will try to say you are as you're trying to literally change your legacy change your family tree and level up and i think that's one of the biggest tricks of the enemy man is to get you to think that 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 equality and sameness have to go together like, i love that they don't they're not they don't have to go together we can we can be equal without being the same like 100 you there's nothing equality we could be equal but like you can listen to different music that i listen to you can come from a different background I, I come from and i think the minute that we're okay with getting outside of that like it that was that was i would if i were to give one one like key area on any a level or amount of success i've had is it's i've been i've been okay with being in rooms being the minority like i've been okay being one of a thousand two of a thousand um, that's been my like a lot of my growth and success has been walking in rooms like that with context and culture. And like not only did I know my world, but I knew their world and I could be in both and I can be agile enough to talk to the dude that's on the corner and talk to the guy that's on the at the head of the board table. Bruh, like that is dynamic. Um, that that realness that comes through, you know, I, I, I you know, for me professionally you know, sales was my thing. And, um, that realness would come through. Like it, it, I would, I would just have to break stuff down. Like, listen, man, <laughs> I'm gonna just cut it to you straight. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to hit you with the, you know, all the spin sale stuff and all the, I'm not about to do the hoops and try to overcome objections. I'm just, I'm just cut it to you real. This is, and they're like, man, I appreciate that genuine. I appreciate you coming to me straight. Um, and so, I've been able to use that, man. And like, I think that to me, that's exposure. Exposure was, and I'm, and I'm still being exposed. And that, yeah. that's the context. Like I'm still, be, I'm, I'm being exposed to people that got boats. My people that come from, they don't, we don't have boats. I don't know anybody that got a boat. You know, I'm, I'm being exposed Canoe, to people. Canoe maybe, not Utah even that. Utah and learn what like Salt Lake City, Utah is like and how people are winning at crazy levels. And, and you just like, oh, wow. There's a, there's a huge abundant world that I'm just not aware of. And just well, because it's not your reality doesn't mean like you're inferior. It just it's just not your reality. I love that. You you look, you you said something, pride and bondage. And I want to unpack that a little bit because, and then I promise we're gonna get to like more of your story. I'm like, <laughs> I got some questions where we can learn uh, more about what you've done in, in particular that I think is also gonna help people. But I think this is important because that pride and bondage, you know, I um, last year, last couple of years, I spent a lot of time like, you know, getting better about studying black history. I read 
uh, Frederick Douglass autobiography I read Up From Slavery by Booker T. Washington, one of my favorite books ever in the world uh, is Up From Slavery because I really wanted to understand. I love hearing it from the people who were there because I think what happens is we romanticize things. The further you get away from something, even like you said, that pride and brokenness and bondage, you can romanticize what it was, but there's something key when I listened to Up From Slavery by Booker T. Washington. One of the things that he wanted to do was build a school, right? And he needed the support of white people in order to do this, to build a school for colored people. And he successfully did that by being able to, in a genuine way, speak to both sides. And that's how he was successful. But one of the things he came across, Justin, that's so interesting to me, is that he came across when he had the school, the school was about teaching you agriculture, teaching you how to work and all those things. By this time, you know, people started coming out of slavery and the problem he had was that the former slaves did not want their children to do jobs that were based on labor Mm. because to them, labor represented slavery. slavery. So they didn't even want to put them in that school. Why am I saying this? What I'm saying, one of the challenges in the black community, in my opinion, is that we, the devil has tricked us into taking pride in things that kill us. Mm. So why is it that I'm keeping it real if I rap about killing black people, if I rap about sleeping around and destroying homes and that that's keeping it real. Right. But if I go out and I diversify myself. So what I'm saying is like, why can't we take pride in blessings? Like we got to yeah. take pride in bondage. So I love that you talked about that. And I hope that that doesn't go over people's head, man, because one of the things I'm trying to figure out is like, how can we continue to further that where people understand, like, just a sidebar, like, you know, my cousin got murdered this summer, 36 years old. Wow. I'm sorry. Um, No. And thank you. And I'm saying that because to some people, this stuff is just a song or it's just a game. Like I come from the East side, seven mile in Detroit and I ain't never been a thug. I tell people in a minute, like, it's harder to survive in this environment when you don't have a gun. Like mm. everybody brag about being a thug. It's like, it's a gang of y'all. It's 20 of y'all. Like that's <laughs> right. easy. The easiest thing you could do is get involved in that criminal activity. But imagine surviving that. Imagine going to war and you don't have a fatigue on. You ain't right. on, like in You're just a civilian out here. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. So anyway, wow. man, I'm sorry to kind of go down that path, but, um, you know, unless you got something else to say, we can we can jump into more of your story. No, was, no, let's jump. Yeah, we good. Um, hey, Bridget, how you doing? Um, so so this is what I want to talk about. I know that you have a degree in entrepreneurship, which was super interesting to me. Um, they didn't like at my university, they didn't have that degree. I probably would have majored in that. But it's kind of a two part question. I was curious what is the earliest that you can actually remember like thinking like I want to own a business and then like let, let's start there like do yeah. you, was was entrepreneurship something that was that somebody would have looked at you as a kid and saw or or like you know how far so. back does it go honestly man like I wasn't like I know a lot of people are like yo I was selling snacks out my book bag in fifth grade and I was selling lemonade on the summers. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't really doing that kind of stuff. Again, for me, I was all like football and all that kind of stuff. Uh, for me, it was like, a, an, it was, it was in college. It really wasn't until college. And uh, I was taking a major. I started off with computer technology and I liked it. I'm, I'm very, I'm very into computers. I'm very into tech. 
but as I started to go down to coursework, I just really, I, I couldn't see myself standing behind a computer programming all day. Like I, I was, that just wasn't me. And none of the other degrees really fit me. Like I was trying to find, I was like, ah, that's not, but entrepreneurship stood out to me, man. Like it just, and when I, I took the first class, uh, so for me, I was still kind of stumbling and even knowing if I really wanted to go that path. And I was like, let me take, it was like intro to entrepreneurship or something like that. Yeah. And uh, man, I took the first class and it changed my life. It was, it was like the first time in college that I felt that I was learning something that I could use outside of college. It was wow. like, wow, this is really helped. Like we read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? That was like our first book. I don't know if you ever read that book. I have not read that one. Phenomenal book. But pretty much the, 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 the book talks about how the cheese is always moving. Pretty much the story is there's two mice and the cheese was in the same place every day. And they used to go out, get the cheese, go back home, call it a day. And they, they, they got so used to going to get the cheese that they weren't realizing the cheese was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So one day they went out and the cheese was gone. One of the mice was like, you know, I'm going to keep showing here. The cheese has got to be able to show up. Like it's going to show up at some point in time. We just got to keep coming back and it's going to come here. The other mouse was like, man, somebody, maybe, maybe I should go. Maybe, maybe it's moved. Maybe somebody moved the cheese. And the mouse just and like it pretty much represented two paths of thought. There's some people that they don't pivot enough. Like that's that's also kind of like my pivot story is like they don't pivot enough in life and they they try to go put new in and old wineskins new wine and old wineskins right like they try to man let me just keep doing what i did last year let me keep doing what i've done for the last five ten years and they don't pivot enough to go where the cheese is moving and like that was our first book that we read in that book like opened up i was like okay this is and then we just kept learning like i was learning about business i was i was they we had successful entrepreneurs coming into our class telling us how they grew million dollar businesses and like, it was one of those things that, man, once I, once I tapped in, I was like, okay, this is it. Um, and it, the rest was history, really. That's dope. That's dope. And like, I think it's funny, like, just how much a book can change our lives. Like, I love book. I love reading because of that. Like, most of the, the change that's happened in my life, starting with the Bible, is like reading. Like, I've yeah. read something and it was intriguing and beautiful and challenging. So... That's cool. Like, you, and you mentioned, you know, um, Pivot. Obviously, you know, you own and operate Pivot Business Services. Yeah. What does it really mean? Just see, since you mentioned it, like, what does it really mean for someone to pivot? And maybe what are the obstacles or challenges in our lives that is stopping us from pivoting? Yeah, man. So just kind of background story. Um, I came up with Pivot really on the backside of a business that didn't go the way that I thought it would go. <clears throat> and um, essentially had a bunch of success in real estate and um, really business got to a point where we were growing really fast. We had a seven figure portfolio and there was a couple bad deals that just really like, it was like one domino that fell that affected a bunch of other dominoes. And I kind of found myself almost needing to start over. And what, what, what killed me was I knew that I was better than the results that I was in. Like I knew that I was actually way better than the money that I had, the disappointment that I experienced. And man, I was just like in this point of man praying and thinking like, man, how do I get up from here? Because like, I, you know, and this I'm, I'm, I'm giving you in like a couple seconds what happened over probably two or three years. Of okay. like, and this business didn't go the way that I thought it would. And now having to pick myself up and it took me like a year and a half, maybe almost two years 
to really like get back in the game of entrepreneurship really. And man, I, I just began to get this heart and passion for it, like to get back on the horse, like to really get back in the game. And um, I was thinking like, man, what can I do from here? Like what, what can I use with what I've got? And man, I'll tell you, like God just dropped the word pivot on me, like, like something crazy. And <clears throat> to me, and this is, this is, I talk about this in, in the podcast, but I say that life is all about the pivots and those who decide to make the pivots decide to become successful. And if I'm honest with myself, every level of success that I've had has come on the backside of a pivot. It's like every win was on the backside of a loss. Every mm. mountaintop was on the backside of a valley. And if I never want to go through the valleys, I'll always forego the mountaintops. And if, I'm, if, I, if I also think that life has to be constant, I'll, I'll, I'll miss the opportunities to pivot. Like to me, pivot sometimes means you quit. Like I know, I know it's not a like a sexy topic. You know, a lot of people are like, yo, never be a quitter. I'm not that. Like I, I will tell my son in a minute, the minute that something like I'm all about the pivots, like the minute that something ain't sitting right with you, quit and change and go another direction. Because a lot of people, they stay in stuff, relationships, jobs, uh, locations, way too long for the sake of just sticking it out, for the sake of not being a, a sellout, for the sake of wanting to finish. Um, and, and like, for me, all of my successes have come on my ability just to pivot, knowing like, man, you know what, you can make that adjustment and you don't have to wait. Like you could do it now. Like you can make the decision today to live a completely different life, have completely different results. You don't have to wait to a new year. You don't have to wait to the first of the month. You don't have to wait till your cousin come out from out of town. You can make the decision now. And so it's really that mentality that man, life is all about the pivots. And the minute that you are okay with making them, the closer you'll be to success and having everything you desire. Man, it's crazy because, you know, I don't, I don't think you know much about my background at all, which is funny. Um, you just described a lot of it. Um, I had a fashion brand, Bellwether Fashion, obviously in the back uh, right there is one of my hats that uh, Bellwether, I mean, I think I stopped, I ended that business maybe in 20. 17 2016 i did it for about four years um christian rapper did that for i mean probably for 10 years straight into the pandemic i put out a project every year wow um the reason i'm saying that because as you were talking it's like if if someone were to ask me you know about how i obtain any level of my success it is exactly what you have described with the fashion business, I'll tell you this. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this because I love giving practical examples on this show. Uh, what's up, Jen? How you doing? Yep, there you go. See, Jen That's is right. a um, faithful longtime listener. Um, I had an episode talking about failing fast uh, because sometimes we waste too much time trying to do something that's already dead. And I had the fashion business, um, Justin. And what happened was Instagram, if you go back, Instagram 2013, 2014, that's pre-algorithm. Yeah. I could post a hat or a shirt and literally within minutes have orders across the country. It's crazy. Florida, Texas, Cali, uh, the Netherlands, Africa. I have sent clothes and fashion everywhere. And so it was a, a great few years of that. Instagram inserted the algorithm and I remember being devastated because my business was so dependent on online and I wasn't prepared for it in all honesty. So I'm not blaming right. anyone, but 
I got to this point where I had spent like four years doing this. I was really deep in it. My wife supported it, but I was kind of like long-term, I don't see how this is going to deliver. Like there's a certain amount of revenue for me or like, I'm like, I don't think this is going to deliver that. And I, I made a pivot. So yeah. to your point, man, sometimes that next thing is better than the thing we're holding on to, but you will never actually even experience it until you pivot. Yeah, you will never. And that's <clears throat> uh, Bishop. Bishop Jake says it like this. He talks about um, he talked about a story of his son and his son was trying to figure out like what he would do next in life. And um, his, his, his son was kind of like struggling with it because he's like, dad, like, what if this isn't the thing though? Like, what if this isn't the thing that God has called me to? And he said, son, if, it, if this isn't the thing, it'll be the thing that leads you to the thing. And I think I so it. often we just don't take action. Like we stay in inaction and we just sit and we're like, all right, God, like, give me a vision, give me a sign, show me the way. And he's like, yeah, you got to do the thing. And, and there, it might not be the fourth, it, like your first business might not be the one that I have for you, but it's going to be the business that leads you to the business that I have for you. Like the, the first relationship might not be the one that I got for you, but it's going to be the relationship that leads you to the relationship that I've got for you. And if we never are okay with making those pivots, we will hold on to things way too long. And that's just the piece, man, is I try to have, make sure I tell myself continually that Justin, like, what pivot can you make? How do you make a pivot? Like if I'm, if I'm honest, it's a, it's a way, it's a mindset, right? Like it's a way of thinking. It's a, Hey, I'm never out of the game. Like I can always make an adjustment. I can always shift. It's like, it's a mindset that says, okay, I know what I don't have, but what do I have? I know what I lost, but what did I gain? I know who I don't have, but who do I have? I know the amount of money I don't have, but what can I do with, with the money that I've got? Like it's always looking for that next lane, like that next pivot, that next adjustment. And like, that's really just my, like, that's my message to the world. It's like, man, like we cannot be afraid to make the pivots that literally everything that you probably are desiring that you don't have right now is on the opposite side of a pivot you've yet to make. And often that pivot is very clear to us. We know, you knew three years ago that you should have been left and did something else. You should have been relocated. God put that vision in you that, yo, you're supposed to travel somewhere and do this, but you, you just didn't do it. Um, and it's like, that's the permission. It's like always giving people the permission. Yo, you can never, you can never, like you could always be okay making the pivots. and They'll, they'll take care of you. It, it, in a lot of ways, it sounds like a pivot mindset is really a mindset of gratefulness. Mm. Like, cause when you wow. talked about this idea of like, yeah, I know what I lost, but what can I gain? What did yeah. I gain? Even when you talked earlier, uh, you had just kind of briefly mentioned your father passing when you were 12. And I don't know if you could touch back on that a little bit. You you, yeah. you said that that was one of the best things that ever could have happened. And obviously that's a from the outside looking in, um, something so um, presumably tragic and emotional just to even hear you be able to say it with that type of, um, you know, thought process and perspective, I would love to hear a little more about that. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, it's a really a mindset thing. Um, so here's, here's how I think about it is I'm committed to living a life wide open. And if I'm committed to living that life wide open, if I'm committed to living a life that God has called me to live, I've got to know when I'm in purpose and when I'm out of purpose. 
And I feel 100% that I'm in purpose, that what I'm doing now and that the life that I have is the life that God desired for me to have. So it's not just my father dying was the best thing that could have happened to me. Every single thing that has happened in my life is the absolute best thing that could have happened to me. If, if it wasn't, it would have happened. Like everything that has happened to me, good, what, you would, what people would consider good, what people would consider bad, all of it is the best. This is really just coming to me now, by the way. But mm -hmm. all of it is the absolute best thing that, that could have happened to me. And so that's really what I mean when I say it's the best thing in that I don't know what other life I would have had, but I just know that this is the best one. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what my life would have been like with my father, but if God, if that was the best one, God would have kept my father here. And so I've, I've got faith that that wasn't my best life, that the one I'm in now was my best life. And so for me, it was tough, um, you know, growing up and, you know, just hearing legacy and, and hearing who he was as a person. And as you continue to grow and mature and develop, they're like, man, you're just like your dad. Or my mom be like, man, you just like your dad in that way. Or you sound just like him. Or when you wear that hat, you look just like him. And you, you bump into that. I bump into that all the time. Um, but I think for me, the, it's, it's, it's being okay, again, knowing like, man, this is God's best. And I've just, I've just given my life to the fact that I don't know what's best for me. And I serve a God who I believe does. And if I really say I serve that God, I must also say that I know that everything he has allowed to happen in my life didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And so it's like, again, it's kind of the, that pivot mindset. It's like, man, okay, this is what I've got. There's clearly, this is clearly the best thing for me. And sometimes we don't, we don't later learn that in life. I know 100% that the father that I am today is because of I, I didn't have my father. Like the way that I hug my children, the way that I look at them, the way that I have thoughts about, man, like I wonder how my dad was when I was this age. And did I get the same kind of hugs that I'm giving my son? Did I get those when I, like the, just that awareness, I wouldn't have had that had my father been there. Had my father been a great dad? Yeah, there probably been other things I would have had. But the person that I am today, I just wouldn't be it. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have the kind of passion, the fire that I've got. Um, I wouldn't, I, I experienced a lot of like challenge early in life. And I think that propelled me, like, that propelled me like in my college years because when people were like, for them, they, they failed a college test and all hell had broke loose. And I'm just like, come on, man. Like this, 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 is, this made you a bad day? Like you got a, you a bad day because of that? Like you don't understand. I just seen my cousin get shot or like, I just had a gun pointed in my face like three weeks ago. That was a bad day. And so it was all context. But I think when I think through it, again, it go, I go back to like, man, whatever God allowed, I just believe is God's best. I think that is powerful. Um, because it's like the anti-victim mentality is, yeah. is really what I hear. Yeah. Because, and this is why, well, this is why I'm such a realist. In reality, we all have problems. We all have issues. And even when we come from the same communities, let's be real. Like, this is my problem with these monolithic, um, you know, group titles that they try to put on us all. And all black people the same, all white people the same. We are not. Culturally, yeah, you come from a certain place. There are a lot of similarities. Right. But when you allow yourself to believe that extreme through and through, you also kind of disrespect what other people have went through. And like the victim mentality 
would give yeah. you every reason losing your father at the age of 12 yep. to give up, to become a criminal, to not try or do your best. And what I love about what you describe, which I believe is the Christian way, I believe the Christian the Christian way based on the Bible and what I read in biblical principles is that we should be empathetic, which is essentially the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yeah. So we should not be dismissive of people's issues and problems that are different than us. But we also should not elevate our own problems because mm. the way I view it is that if I, I always tell people, if you change one thing, you change everything. And then the other thing is that what can you name me that would that Jesus going to the cross was not powerful enough to overcome? Yeah. There, yeah. there is nothing. So, so the victim mentality really elevates our own problems above Christ dying on the cross. And you never win we're from essentially it. go ahead. Yeah, like you don't like you don't win from it. Like I just I just had a I just had a coaching client session, like literally right before here. And the homework that I gave this client was write down everything that is like not working, like everything that you just aren't satisfied and you just don't like in your life. Write that down and right next to it. I want you to be very detailed on how it's all your fault. Hmm. And she was like, what kind of assignment <laughs> is this? Right. Yeah. Like, what are you? And I said, I said, if you don't learn to always look for fault in things, you will miss opportunities of growth. And so you realize that often that that's like, that's, this is that this is an extreme way. I'm not saying that everybody can do this. This is like, like coaching, like very intense and with support and all that kind of stuff. But pretty much the, the exercise was for her to be aggressively looking for ways to take ownership because when you aggressively look for ways to take ownership, you aggressively find ways to develop yourself and find and find like my, my, my grandma used to say, boy, there's still some meat on that bone. Yeah. Like you look for the meat on the bone. Like it's like, yo, I know you think that that was such a bad scenario and that it was the it was all their fault. And looking from the outside, looking at yes, absolutely. That was all theirs. But is there anything that you could find that could be potentially your fault? Because if Man. you could find a way to blame yourself on things, you now put yourself back into control. And now you say, man, if this was my fault, I can change this. And here's the thing. When it's your fault on the negative, it can also be your fault on the positive. It, it, it's not one-sided. It's like, yeah, everything that bad, man, that's my fault. I take that. I learned that in football. I learned like, yo, when you messed up on a play, you called it. My bad, y'all. That's me. I'm my bad. Like you took ownership of the, of the, of the, of the ball being dropped. Are you missing a tackle? But then when you when you won, are we gonna celebrate in the end zone? Like we gonna turn up? Yeah. And so it's like, but you can't have one without the other. Like you can't not say, "Yo, I take that. That's my bad," and then always celebrate. It's like, no, 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 no. Like that. That that's not that's not how we move. And I think if we if we if we treat our lives like that, man, we find so many ways that we can grow and get better. Ownership and accountability. Um, all right, we got a couple minutes, so I got, I didn't get <laughs> I know, everything man. I, I wanted to. So I got to I got to I got to choose one. Of, man, I had a I got a few more. I'm at this is. Go ahead, um, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I'm I'm good. You can go ahead. You sure, bro? Yeah, I don't, yeah you go okay, ahead. Okay, I'm only going with ten minutes, ten okay. extra minutes, and I'll get right. you out of here. Thank <laughs> okay. you so much. Um, because you said you said so much dope stuff. I'm like, I want to I want to check. I want to dig into that. Like so. One of the one of the things that, you know, a this this conversation around ownership and accountability, 
really makes me think about like, I know you have a lot of experience in corporate America, right? And this show is about faith and business. And some folks listening to this show are trying to go grow a career. Like I said, the person I was talking to today is trying to figure out like just entering corporate America entry level, mm. coming from where we come from, culture shock. I've yeah. been there still in some ways, always put myself in uncomfortable situations. Like, A, what role has corporate America played in shaping you into the entrepreneur that you are today? And then I would I want to know from there what advice you would give someone who's at the starting point in corporate America, maybe rough around the edges and yeah. wants to grow their career. Man, corporate America has been everything for me like that. To me, that is. That was that's been my training ground. I, I've got the ability to learn on other people's dime. I got the ability to get trained on how to how to how to be in 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 big in big corporate business and learn systems and learn structure and learn onboarding and like I got to learn these kind of things. But I, the biggest thing that I would say though is, and I'm a quick story. When I first graduated college, I took a job at HP Hewlett Packard. Um, moved out to California and it was me and it was like a group, uh, it was a, it was a group of 18 of us. Right. And we go to, we don't like, it's a big corporate campus. It's like two, 3000 people working at that campus, cafeteria games. It's like everything you see on TV, like in Silicon Valley, it's all that. Right. We get there and it's us, me and like 17 other students that just graduated college. We all green. And they came from way bigger colleges than me, like Alabama, Clemson, like way bigger schools. And uh, our, our manager walks up to us and he said, you are all sheep, but there's probably one, maybe two wolves among you. And we wow. just like, this is, this is day one. Like we're in the lobby still. We, we getting our badges, you know, we taking our photos to put on our badge type deal. Yeah. And he's like, what, he's like, all of you are sheep. And there's probably one or two wolves among you. And I'm trying to find the wolf. And like, this wasn't even like a, you would think this was like Wolf of Wall Street, like we cold calling and banging on door. Like this wasn't yeah. even like that. Like we were, we were selling technology solutions to companies that already had our product. It was just like very right. armor, like. But I'll never forget, it was me and two other guys, two other black guys, and the the hiring manager was a white guy, um, and he pulled us aside like day two or three. We're in the middle of training. He pulls us out of training. And he said, hey, guys, um, I'm not going to act like I don't see your reality. And I'm just like, what? what are you talking about? And he said, I know that there's not many people that look like you guys here. I realize that. And he's like, there's nothing that I personally can do to change that. He said, but what I can do is I can connect you with people that look like you that are in upper leadership. So you can see that you can win here, too. White guy. Don't know me from a blade man. of grass in Arkansas. Wow. Seen like, man, these guys, they, they stand, they stick out like a sore thumb. And again, this is a, this is a campus of 2000 people. There's probably like five black people on the entire campus. Right. Wow. And, and so like, that was one of my first entry level corporate experiences where I was like, welcome to corporate, like, welcome to, welcome to this world. And what it showed me that like, when we talk about, you know, like, Hey, people have, opened up doors for me, like, like have introduced themselves to open up doors, not even I asked and they, they open. So for me, I think it's extremely important um, because there's a lot of things that people run from in today, in today's day and age, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of discipline 
and structure that people run from when they run from a job and they think that they don't have to have it when they start a business. Ooh. And so people are like, oh, I didn't like that job. What they really were saying is like, I didn't like being on time. And I used to get written up, writ up every time that I was late. And so, and then I had this bad relationship with my boss because he was just annoyed that I was always late, but I'd used it as, oh, like they don't want me to win. It's like, no, 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 no. You just, <laughs> you're just not disciplined to be on time or you're just right. not a high performer. And, and so then we roll that into business. And so I would say whoever is listening, if that's you, kill it in corporate, kill it and level up and do as much as you possibly can. Because if you can do that, now you're able to transition those skills into an entrepreneur endeavor and whatever source. And here's the thing that you realize, at least in my experience, is the higher that you would climb within the organization, the more free time and the more time the more time control I got over my schedule. And so when I, when I began to develop people, I wasn't in sales calls every day. And I was just kind of waiting back to make sure people were good, answering the phones, but I didn't have to be in front of my computer typing all day. And so now with that time freedom, I got to invest in my business. I got to be a little bit more flexible. And so you get to the point where if you kill it corporately, if you kill in your corporate thing, you can, you can, there's a book, there's a book, um, Pretty much the book talks about like why you shouldn't follow your passion. Um, I can give you the reference. Um, but the book talks about like why you shouldn't follow your passion, why following your passion isn't a good strategy for success. And what he's really saying, what is a better strategy is your passion change. What's a better strategy is becoming the top 1% and becoming really good at something rare and valuable. And now when you become something, some, when you become good at something rare and valuable, you become the top 1% and you can name your price. Like everybody in the NFL, everybody in the NBA, Everybody in corporate America that's top 1% in their industry, they name their price. They name their flexibility. They name their schedule because they're the top 1%. And so that, like, that would be my advice is kill it there, and then, then you can eventually transition. But don't run from corporate because you're not disciplined, because you don't have skills, and you haven't built, built the resources necessary to jump into to running a business. You know what that made me think about? my. You know, I've checked out a lot of your content on – um, Instagram, which, you know, everybody check out Justin on Instagram. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, it'll be in the description of the show. Um, it's at underscore Justin Carter. My favorite video that you have on Instagram is actually one of the pinned videos, so it's not hard to find. It was about winging it. And I feel like it made me think as you were talking about that, like some people want to be an entrepreneur because they want to wing it. And they think that like the structure of corporate and having a job frustrates them. And they think by going to wing it, that it's going to be, they're going to, it's going to lead to success. But they can win with up, that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, you don't get it. Like if you listen to any successful business person or entrepreneur, whether they are um, a CEO or um, a founder or, you know, an entrepreneur, whatever it may be, the like what I found is like, oh, the principles are the same. Like it is the same principles that drive a person to the top of corporate yep. as it does to be a, 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 a successful entrepreneur. It is. And if you run from those principles, you're yeah. not going to become successful. So can you talk a little bit like with that video? Um, it just if you could just summarize the idea of like why winging it yeah. is not a strategy for success. Yeah. Like I think most people wing life. Like most, most people, like they just wing it. Like they don't have, and really, really the, the, like the push that I was trying to get people to, to realize was that 
Um, you don't you don't have to go throughout life without a model or example or being connected with people that have one in the areas that you are pursuing. Especially in 2023, um, there's so many consultants out there, coaches out there, mentors out there, people that are willing to give you resources and information to help you win. And what I pretty much tell people is like, if you're winging it, what you're really telling me is you're committed to building a small business. Like if you're, if you're winging it, what you're really saying is I'm committed to this thing staying small and I'm committed to this only being me. Because when you are really serious about growth and success, you realize that, man, there's not really one person that builds a business. And what, what, what most people do is they call what they have a business, but it's really, they just own a job. And if you're going to own a job, it's super risky. You might as well go and work a job because owning a job, you don't get the benefits, you don't get the pay, you don't work way more hours. Um, so if you're going to trade hours for dollars like that, you might as well just go and work. You might as well go and get a job. But if you're really about building a business, you got to have systems. You got to have, you know, um, you got to have like uh, SOPs. You got to have like processes that identify what, what good looks like. You got to have a company culture. You got to have a mission that helps drive the people that are within your business. It don't just come from like, oh, like what today I feel like this. Like, no, when, you're, when you got people on payroll and you got staff, they need a mission that they can go run behind. They need, a, they need a reason why they should continue to show up to work tomorrow. And so winging it never really gets people where they want to go long term. You might be able to have a pocket of success, but studies show like it's not going to be scalable. And the minute that you get to a point where you're not overwhelmed, it'll either die because you can't scale or you'll begin to frustrate people that as you try to bring it to the business because you've just really been winging it. Like nobody wants to work under a winging environment. I love it. All right, so before we get you out of here, Justin, I uh, appreciate you staying a little overtime with us. Of course. Um, you know, you've obviously, you talked earlier about, you know, having your first business and growing it from zero to having a million dollars in assets and having some failures with that business. And uh, you talked about, you know, why you started um, your pivot business services. So can you tell us now, just before you get out of here, like, Tell us, like, what are you doing? I know you have the Pivot Mindset podcast, uh, which is yeah. also on YouTube as well. And I definitely recommend um, the listeners go and check out the Pivot My Mindset podcast. Um, but can you just tell us a little bit about the podcast and, you know, other things you're doing in business today and how people can um, stay in touch with you and find out what you have coming next? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Pivot Business Services is really my... Uh, implementation of really helping people live pivoted lives. And what that for me looks like is uh, being able to monetize their purpose. And so uh, for me, I specifically work with Christian entrepreneurs who are looking to build uh, six figure plus businesses online. And so really it's using what I learned and what I experienced by the growth and failures that I've had in business uh, and being able to help people uh, shortcut, take the fast lane, like in a good way, like being able to miss some of those like steps and being able to skip the process in a sense of they get to leverage my experience. Um, and I help entrepreneurs, right? And so for me, it's all about empowering, helping, helping entrepreneurs make those pivots. Um, what I realize is that there's a, there's a hunger, especially in the Christian, Christian community of people that really want to build businesses. Um, I believe that entrepreneurship is a God thing. Um, in the Bible, you don't see workers, you see slaves, or you see business owners. 
There was no in between. And yes, culturally, we live in a different culture. And so, yes, you've got a working class economy. But I think everybody, no matter what you do, you should have something that you own. You, you should, everybody, no matter what job you at work, you should have uh, a piece of this pie that's yours, that can be passed down, that you should have something that you're building. Um, and so that's what I help people do is I help people monetize their purpose. Everybody has a purpose. And I believe that in the Bible is true that people monetize their purpose in the Bible. Biblically, when people like they monetize their skill set, they monetize their gifting. And so what I want to do is I help people monetize their guilt, their gifting. Um, and so that's that's pretty much what we do. You know, that's displayed within our podcast uh, and really knowing that when it comes to building business, that it really starts at the mind level. We can give you strategy. We can give you structure. But like if you don't have the mindset, everything else is rooted on that. And so I really try to help people first make the pivots mentally before they can start to see the pivots financially, emotionally uh, and, and spiritually in their lives. I love it. Um, Justin, one last thing before we get out of here. Uh, I, I have to get to this. We only got a minute. But yeah. um, when we were talking last week, we connected. And usually, man, I'm going to be real. You know, usually when I tell people that I met my wife and we were, you know, teenagers, you know, usually it's kind of like, you know, you kind of trump them a little bit. And then your your response kind of <laughs> threw me off about um, when you met your wife or how you met your wife. So, um, yeah. A, just because I want you to, you know, I, look, I'm you a podcaster, you a business person. I know how this go. I want to make sure your wife get, you know what I mean? I'm setting you up 100%. to show your wife some love. But also, can you just talk to us a little bit about when you met your wife, where you met your wife? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a cool dynamic. Yeah, man. So like my wife, man, we met in middle school. We met in uh, the eighth grade. So we dated in the eighth grade. Uh, and like we literally had the same middle school graduation, high school graduation and college graduation. Like day. Like oh, graduate crazy. same day, middle school, high school and college together. And um, man, it, it's special um, because like what I've been able to be blessed by is the cheat code of my wife. Um, hands down, the pivots that I've been able to make have been because she supported me in those processes. And like, she's, she's, she's wild for thinking, like being okay with some of the pivots we've made. Like she, she just always supported it though. And, um, and so she's seen the bottom, like she knows what the bottom feels like. And I'm, I'm glad that I can show her this journey to the top because um, for me, like that's been my cheat code. Like I know I couldn't have done this without her in that like I think today in our generation, there's some people that think that it's like more advantageous to win by themselves. And I'm not saying that you can't, but like for me and my story is like my wife came and truly has been to help me. Like the only reason why I'm on this podcast right now is because my wife is putting our kids down to sleep. Like she's bathing them. You know, I took, I had a 15 minute gap in my schedule today. I was able to step out, chomp down some food that she made for me, have my plate already ready. And so I can get back to it. And so like, she's that she support, she's, she's like really helps me. And so that's my cheat code. Like somebody say like, yo, how do you do all this? I'm like, yo, you, the wife that I got allows me to be fully locked in and to really commit myself, shut my door and put in the work. And I can't, I can't thank her more for that. Man, shout out to your wife. Shout out to wives like that. My wife is on that same vibe. And like, 100%. what what I would say is like, I think what what's interesting looking at how people think today is just simply like, 
all those things in today's society could be flipped as negative. Yeah. And it's like, it's so confusing to me because my wife, when you're, when you were with somebody through ups and downs in these different phases of life, it's been times that y'all both have had to be there for each other in different ways. But then most importantly, I think she knows who she's doing that for. Man. And maybe for some people, you can't fathom the idea of meeting a dude today and cooking food from all of these things sound negative, but it's like, no, like she know this is the dude yeah. from eighth grade from 12th grade from college. So it's, Man, yeah. I don't know. I know if, if a person is single out there and they, you know, an adult, it's nothing you can do. You can't go back to eighth grade or high school. But as much as there are some challenges with that stuff, there are some, like you said, some cheat codes where I kind of feel like, oh, like I be hearing people or seeing people post things. And I'm like, oh, we really just don't. That's yeah. not a thing in my marriage. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah. And like, that's the piece, man, where you skip stuff. Like I know stages in my life, I was able to kind of just skip them because I had her. And again, it's not to say like my marriage has not been perfect at all. Oh, no. Yeah, um, we not. Definitely. Think, neither one of us saying that. Yeah. And it's like one of those where the hard part is for us. It was like and we I think we talked about it before was you you literally are maturing together. And so and, and it's not just like a slow, gradual maturation. It's a very fast maturation. Like adults have very fast, accelerated seasons of growth and then like slower seasons of growth from like most adults from like 30 to 40. There's not a lot of like very fast growth, you know, but like from 12 to 25, you going through every single thing that That's like nice. all at once. And so for us to be together throughout that time, like you learn, you grow, you, she's seen the worst of me. I've seen the worst of her. Like you, she's seen the best of me. I've seen the, and I think I, I know I wouldn't have had that with somebody else that would have come to me now or something like that. I can imagine what that process would have been like. Um, to know like, hey, I don't know why they're here. If they're really here for the right intentions, yeah. they can really build with me. Like she's shown, she's shown me that we went from, again, millions of dollars to, hey, like our house might get foreclosed on. Like we went from one extreme to the other. And, and she was there. There, there like, all right, cool. Do I gotta, do I gotta work? Do I gotta, what I gotta do? And it's like, yeah, man, like you can't, you can't forgo that. That's just too much. Just to, look, man, I want to be respectful of your time and your busy day. Thank you so much for uh, taking a little extra time with us today. Definitely want to do this again. Please do stay in touch, man. Like on a serious Absolutely. level, stay in touch. Um, don't hesitate to reach out to me for anything. I actually won't do the same. I mean, I will do the same and I'm not going to hesitate to say what's up or, or reach out to you. Um, definitely. a um, I consider it a privilege to have met you. And thank you for everything you're doing. Everybody, please um, check out Justin's podcast, the Pivot Mindset Podcast. Check him out on Instagram um, at underscore Justin Carter. Justin, you have an amazing night. Tell your wife we said thank you for taking care of business so you can be on Inspire Guys, people. All right, my man. Peace. I'll see you later. All right. See you. Guys, people, man. That was uh, Justin Carter. Um, wow. Look, man. Um, it is such a blessing. Hold on, let me let me take a sip of this because I'm about to. I gotta take take a sip of this drink, uh, this lemonade because uh, I got a lot to say after that interview. Uh, it was an amazing time. Okay, guys, people. So there is so much I want to unpack from today's interview with Justin. Um, hopefully, y'all check them out. Um, 
again, the, the information will be in the description of the show if you're listening afterwards, YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Justin talked about, no, no, hey, that last thing, I don't, I don't want to overlook that last thing. You know, he said you go from millions of dollars, right, to nothing. And he talked about his wife and having his wife there to be ready to pivot, right? And I titled this show as Time to Pivot because Pivot was all about Justin's brand and what he's doing and what he stands for. But I, I don't want us to miss... He said, uh, like, this is a thing about him that I learned just in a couple quick conversations. He says stuff quick, meaning like subtle. He says powerful things, very subtle. That last thing about his wife, there are so many people out here today uh, struggling um, in, you know, in, in marriage or in finding marriage, whatever it is. So the married people out there, I, I want to kick it with y'all and just really be real. Um, especially the younger married people. You have to find a way to go from being a competitor to a teammate. And I think what happens in marriage is that it's easy to allow yourself to be a competitor. I Not to romanticize their relationship because I don't know their relationship like that, but just taking it off this one example, you know, you go through ups and downs in life. And when you're with someone and they have a dream or, you know, something they're they're going after, they may be successful. And it's very easy to be with someone when the business is generating millions. And you really find out who people are in your life, though, when you go through the valley with them. And not that you ever really want to go through the valley. None of us do. But you become better for it. And in relationships, the reason I'm saying this is because so much of what we see in relationships and the information and content that's out there on social media, it's all romanticized. It's all about finding someone successful. Or I know what I bring to the table. What do you bring to the table? And all these little like novel things that are like very interesting to me, having been in a relationship that's gone through a bunch of ups and downs. You know that in reality is very hard to try to like, you know, like be so definitive about something like, oh, if you lose all your money, I'm going to leave you. Like, no, when you get in a marriage, you're looking for a partner where y'all can grow together. And it takes both of y'all trying to figure out how to be there for that person. The fact that his wife stayed, you know, but look at the pivot. He's able to recreate that success. So you may be in a down time in your life, you may have had some failures, but the thing about failure is that you don't lose the experience of the success. So whenever you fail at something, if you got enough experience from it, then the failure doesn't isn't a waste. A wasted failure is only a failure that came with no experience. Like, hey, you fail and then you can't even remember how you built it in the first place. But no, he pivoted and went into something else. The other thing this idea of, um, he talked about, you know, his experience in corporate America. And I've been asking people today um, on Facebook, actually, like, you know, what advice would you give someone trying to grow a career in corporate America? And I think what happens for so many of us who don't come from a background of, you know, regardless of what color you are, what community you come from, if you come from a background where you don't have that experience or exposure, you tend to go off what you think. 
The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. And I always look at that different ways of like there when we don't know, we create the the way in our mind and we and we go off what we think. But what we think isn't necessarily right. And so ultimately, it becomes super important for you to surround yourself with people who have been there, who have experience, who, uh, mentors. Uh, Justin talked about his, you know, his, the beginning of his corporate career, you know, having an individual that pulled him aside. And I'm going to tell you, man, you can't do it on your own. But you also can't do it if you want to only go off what you think. I had somebody pull me aside. Um, I was walking in my office. I've told this story on a podcast before. I used to go in and out of my office. This is probably back in like 2013, let's call it. I go in and out of my office, kind of didn't talk to people that much, like kind of did what I had to do. I was a high performer though. But the problem was this individual, this executive, his office was at the front. He saw me walking in one day. He said, come here, close the door. Uh, older black gentleman. And um, I actually ran into him last year and thanked him. He's retired now. I ran into him at a charity event and I pulled him aside. I reminded him of him pulling me aside. And I said, thank you for doing that. And you know, when he pulled me aside, he wasn't telling me stuff I wanted to hear. He pulled me aside to tell me about how I needed to improve and how I was isolating myself by not coming in and networking and having conversations with people and how no one really knew me. He said, you're probably doing a great job, but no one knows. And because he told me that, I then spent the next seven or eight years from there trying to specifically and intentionally build a brand in corporate America where people knew who I was, where I networked and they knew the value of um, what I brought to the table. And then I understood that through that exposure that then I started seeking more mentors, which also mean I had a lot more correction coming my way. My point with this story is that so many of us have created an environment in a world where we don't want anyone to critique anything that we do and we stunt our own growth. If you want to grow in corporate America, if you want to grow as a business person, you are going to have to put yourself in the uncomfortable position of hearing critical feedback about your current performance, your current habits, your current mindset, and also what it takes to get to where you aspire to be. Those are the two things to me that I look for in mentors. Is hey, how do you feel about what I'm doing today? What do I, what do I need to improve? And then the secondly, this is where I want to be. How can you help me get here? How did you get here? And in order to grow, it's going to have to become about more than you. Going through life thinking you got it all figured out, man, it ain't worked for you this point. It's, it's, it's funny to me on social media. Sometimes you can make a post about something. And people with the strongest opinions have an experience with you talking about a day in their life. It's like, bro, if you haven't experienced uh, what I'm talking about, how you going to tell me? So we got to humble ourselves um, to allow ourselves to be able to hear feedback from people if we want to grow. But then we also have to create value. So when you're a person and you saying, how do I become a, a high performer? Well, today's show is about it's time to pivot. And what I want to tell you is like Justin's podcast is called the Pivot Mindset Podcast, right? So it is a mindset shift. And so he outlined earlier that the pivot is really about a mind, mindset of gratefulness. What's my point? 
He said, everything that happened to him is the best thing that ever happened to him, even if it was bad. So I want to challenge you today. You might hate your job. You might hate your current situation. You might hate the community you came from. You might have every legitimate uh, excuse not to do well. You may have every legitimate excuse to give up, to complain, or to quit. But I want to challenge you today to pivot in your mind. You need to start looking at your situation different before it's ever going to be different. And the thing with some of us is we look around for something to change before we change our mind. Justin said some powerful things today, man, about the idea. You, you imagine losing your father at 12. I mean, some people, some of you could relate to that. We all have problems. This is why for me, the reason I don't like the victim mentality, because all the victim mentality does is highlights my problems over yours. It says, because I'm from the hood, I live the worst life ever. Well, it's like, well, OK, we had Jay Vienna on the show last week and he was born in Brazil and said it was pretty normal to walk outside with your shoes off. I'm going to tell you right now, I would have got blazed in the hood if I came to, to school in some fake J's, let alone barefoot. So it's a tricky thing in life to start trying to elevate your problems against others. But I want to give you all I want to help you all here. I see this a lot on social media. People don't know how to live in reality. They don't know how to live in a reality of we all have problems. And because you want to elevate your problem to be the worst, you meet the next person that's not where you're from, and they want their problems to be worse than yours. So you have this counterproductive um, interaction because y'all just arguing about whose problems are the worst versus what I believe the biblical approach to, should be is a hey, Jesus was the example for us all. He died for me. He went on that cross, whether you black, white, rich, poor, yellow, brown, green, uh, whatever you are, Chinese, Indian, uh, Arab, Chaldean, it doesn't matter. Jesus went to that cross for you. So my blackness may be a real thing. It may have created real challenges in America. What I don't want is I don't want people to be dismissive of that. And I think a lot of people are dismissive because everything has been politicized. So you don't know how to hear somebody who just saying it as reality. Like, oh, I'm not saying it for you to vote for nobody. I'm not saying it to be mad at you. I'm just saying it. But here's the second part of it. I'm also not elevating it above your problems. So I want to I believe as believers, I should be able to come to you, talk to you about the challenges I have. But then comes the important part. Then I need to be quiet and listen and learn from you. What have you gone through? What are the things in your life that could have stopped you? And that is the pivot mindset. It's time for us to pivot from this racial tension, Democrat, Republican. Rah, rah, rah. And I know some of that you can't escape because it's just the world we live in. But I'm talking about in the in the kingdom of heaven, in the body of Christ, like, bro, like you a believer. I'm a believer. We genuinely believe in Jesus Christ. I'm talking about to the true believers out there. Right. Not somebody who towing a line, not somebody who playing with the word. Like It's clowns out here. So one thing about me, like, I'm, you know, listen, bro, if it's some clowns out here. I'm just telling you that I'm be a hundred percent with it. Like it's a lot of clowns, clowns aside, you know, genuine believers should be able to have those discussions. We should be able to learn and hear from each other to make us better. And the victim mentality doesn't allow that. Justin talked about how some of his, um, you know, biggest opportunities in corporate America 
came from people who didn't look like him and weren't from where he was from. And if you're in if you're in corporate America long enough, you realize that simply somebody sharing your skin color does not automatically mean they're going to love and support you or that y'all personalities or beliefs or viewpoint are the same or that y'all mesh. Like it's a bunch of cool black people where I work and it's a lot of black people that our personalities don't mesh. You being black and from the hood. And the other thing is when you start meeting black people from all over the country, everybody ain't from the hood. And that's so there's so many nuances and levels to going out and diversifying yourself. Whether you white, black, Chinese, whatever it is, if, especially to th those of us in America where we can freely cross over and meet people like some of us are in willing segregation. Like we are just willingly segregated. There's nothing stopping you from going and visiting that church or going and shaking hands with that person or having that conversation in a line at Walmart. But because we have such a segregated mindset, we've been trained to look at people a certain way and pigeonhole them based on what they look like. And the problem with that, I've experienced this a lot in my life. The problem with that is just that it's stupid. I'm going to just say it like that. It's just stupid because it doesn't make sense. Um, I remember me and my wife, like this, a couple, this was 2021, actually. It was just a random night because this is like 2021. You know, the world kind of, this would be January 21. January 2021. So the world is kind of open, kind of not some, you know, whatever, still coming out of the pandemic. It was a random night. We just went to get out the house and drive. So I got in the car and we drove like, you know, whatever. It don't matter what we drove. But we were looking busted. I'll say that. Like, I'm going to be real with you. We were looking busted. What's up, Bree K? How you doing? Thank you for tuning in. Love your music. Love your production and everything you do. God bless you. And uh, we were looking kind of busted and we just wanted to drive around. But we got to this certain dealership. And it was kind of like, oh, man, they had to, I, they had a car I liked. So I wanted to go in and kick it. But my wife looking like, yo, we looking like we just we weren't planning to, you know, how you weren't really planning to do nothing. And you kind of like I'm like, well, we about to go in this car dealership and we looking like whatever. We went in there. I stood there for five minutes legitimately. And I stood there because I wanted to see how long legitimately for five minutes let's say three minutes because sometimes you know you can exaggerate time because it feel longer let's say i legitimately stood there for three minutes in the middle of this dealership literally sales people one dude is a manager keep in mind i've already bought a car from here before so this is the part like i don't look familiar to them because how i'm looking but i i know their faces so i'm just watching people walk past us not say nothing to us now, keep in mind, I ain't, I, we only got to take it to black. Like, I ain't, let's just throw black out the window. We ain't, I'm just saying how I looked, how I presented myself, they were judging us. And what they were thinking is, yeah, my man, they don't look like they about to buy no car in here. So we stood there for a few minutes. One dude finally comes up. Now, this dude is standing in front of us, talking to other people, everything. He finally walked up to me, asked whatever. And then I'm like, yeah, um told him the situation and then he kind of pointed me to the other guy which is the guy this is the funny part the other guy is the guy that I have bought a car from before and my man was like um he was like hey what's on going on man I was like yeah I want to test drive this car out here he like oh like you know again looking at me like all right whatever then he asked for my name 
Then he asked for my name, which means he went over there and put it in the computer. And within 10 seconds from taking my name, going to put it in the computer so I could test drive this car and coming back with the keys, it was like, oh, Mr. James, how you doing? Yeah, da-da-da. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, how you doing, sir? Yes, I already had, like, yeah, I've, I've purchased the car from you before. So I don't know why. What I'm saying is that when you judge a book by its cover, you make yourself look stupid. Because to me, he looks stupid. To me, I'm like, you look dumb right now. Because you're also used to what, like, listen, I work in sales. I've worked in sales for 15, 16 years. You can't, the brokest person can have the most money and the person that swagged out can be the brokest. So it's best for you to treat everybody the same or have at least a little better discernment. And um, my point with all of that is that's what we do to each other. We treat each other differently based on, oh, who is that? Like, that's why it's like, that's why I'm going to just be real with you. That's why I really be chilling on social media. I don't really be posting all this personal stuff, good or bad, because it's kind of like some of y'all going to look at me different if I drive a nice car versus if I don't. But what if my car just regular, but I just got the greatest content ever? Or what if I had a nice car today and then I like sell it tomorrow and I don't have that nice car tomorrow? Like, what if I like live in a condo? What if I live in a mansion? Like, why does it matter? Like, my point is that bothers me, like that people are so like limited in their thinking that we literally value people based on things. It's time to pivot that. We're talking about changing your mindset today. My goal with this podcast is to continue to consistently press you to think differently, to not be like the rest of the world just because everybody else does it, just because everybody else believe this or think like this. Don't put me in that box. I'm going to just tell you right now, like if you don't know me and you think you could just see me and see what I look like and know what I think, like, nah, it's not going to happen. And I'm going to be real. Sometimes even compliments can be like, can kind of feel shady because I'll know based off certain people compliments somebody might give me for five minutes after talking to me like oh you seen this guy told me yesterday like I was somewhere um interested in buying something he's like five minutes in like oh you you seem like you really know your stuff I'm like yeah I do though like <laughs> but you didn't think that though because I came in here with my hoodie on under my leather coat or pleather whatever that coat is I don't know it might be pleather I think it said vegan leather when I bought it. What's vegan leather? The cow didn't eat meat? I don't know. I don't get it. What's vegan leather? Anyway, look, today was an amazing show. Thank you all for uh, watching and tuning in. Hopefully, um, if you just tuned in, uh, you'll catch the replay on YouTube. Please do subscribe to our YouTube page. It's just at Inspire Guys People. If you go to YouTube and type in at Inspire Guys People, you're going to find it. Um, also to my Apple Podcast family, my faithful Apple Podcast and Spotify family. Thank you for listening on audio. Uh, and to my Facebook family, man, always much love to y'all. Thank y'all for checking out the show. Um, look, pivot your mindset. Thank you again to our guest, Justin Carter. It was an amazing conversation. Uh, thank you for taking time uh, to come and share your wisdom and your experiences with me and uh, God's people over here at Inspire God's People. We appreciate you. And look, man, share the show with somebody, y'all. If you enjoy this, if you like it, you know what I'm saying? 
Don't be secretly liking this show. That's what I want to tell y'all real quick before I get out of here. Stop secretly liking it and openly like it. Share it with somebody. Tell somebody about it. Subscribe. Subscribe to the show. I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have an amazing night. Inspire God's people. It is the show.